It's time now for Money Matters with the Lewis family, Doug, Linda, and Deborah, owners of Lewis Financial Management, a Raleigh-based family-owned financial planning firm providing investment and financial planning advice since 1983. Doug and Deborah are certified financial planners, CFPs who can answer any of your questions about investments, retirement planning, and estate planning. Why not call Doug, Linda, and Deborah right now at 919-860-9783 with your financial planning questions. That's 919-860-9783. Now, here's Doug, Linda, and Deborah. Investments offered through SFA Inc. Investment advice through Lewis Financial Management. SFA Inc. and Lewis Financial Management are not related entities. Hello, North Carolina. This is Doug Lewis, Certified Financial Planner, once again welcoming you to Money Matters with the Lewises, Doug, Linda, and Deborah Lewis. Money Matters has been providing you with a personal financial hotline for all your questions about investments, estate planning, tax planning, money management, and retirement planning for over 30 years. Good evening, North Carolina, and thank you for joining us once again on Money Matters with the Lewises. On News Radio 680 WPTF, this is Linda Lewis. And this is Doug Lewis, Certified Financial Planner. And this is Deborah Lewis, Certified Financial Planner. And we're asking you to call us and ask any question you have tonight about your financial planning, whether it be cash flow planning or income tax planning, whether it be investment planning or insurance planning, whether it be retirement planning or estate planning, call us on the open lines at 919 919- Eight six zero nine seven eight three. That's nine one nine eight six zero nine seven eight three. Well, we have an exciting week behind us, and maybe another exciting week in front of us. The Dow Jones again closed up over twenty thousand, just a tad under twenty one thousand, twenty thousand nine oh two. We have five more weeks till taxes are due, and there's a lot of political changes being proposed. These are definitely changing times. So I think we've got, uh, why don't we go and let's take Leonard's call before we get into some topics that are, are on my mind tonight. Uh, Linda, Deborah, uh, Leonard, this is Doug Lewis, Certified Financial Planner. How can we help you this evening? You have a question. Uh, each year I get a bonus, well, lucky get a bonus from my employer, and that bonus is taxed at 40%. I want to know, how can I recoup that in my tax planning or tax preparation? All right, Leonard. Well, tell me a little bit about yourself. Are you are you a salaried employee or self employed? Salaried. You're a salaried employee, and how much is your income? Uh, my overall household income is sixty k. Sixty thousand, and then you're getting a bonus. Is that in incl- how, how much is your bonus? Uh, around sixteen hundred. All right, so you get a sixteen hundred dollar bonus, and you're having yeah. taxes withheld. Is that your question? Yeah. Well, the the short answer is you have to pay what you have to pay. So that's the short answer. Now, the question is how much you have had taken out throughout the year on your from your paycheck. If indeed you've taken out enough to where they're taking out more than is necessary on the 1600, then it will come back to you as a refund. I. Uh, it's also possible, depending on your bookkeeper and your payroll department, you can ask them to take out no taxes and give you the entire bonus. Have you tried that? Yeah, they told me that uh, it was a gift tax applied to all employees that get a bonus. 
A what kind of tax? Gift tax. Gift tax? That's impossible. You must have misheard them. No. Well, the, well, they don't know what they're talking about. There's no such thing as a gift tax. First of all, a gift tax is uh, is from one individual to another. Over a lifetime. So and, and, that and, would never and, apply. Yeah, and the gift tax is paid by the giver, not the receiver. So, okay. yeah, so somewhere, whoever told you that, uh, they're not very knowledgeable. Um, yeah, well, that, I give you a perfect example. Um, well, I got the, the, the examples. The one bonus I got was sixteen hundred, but the only was only hundred. The only thing that was in by my account was nine forty deposited. So you, that was a huge amount of tax. Yeah. So they, so you're talking you're talking about an income tax which was withheld, not a gift tax. Okay. That's an income tax which was with, withheld. The gift tax is paid by the giver, and income tax right. is paid by you. And what they're saying is that they think that that's how much tax you owe. And when you file your tax return in, uh, have you filed your? You haven't filed your tax return just yet. Have, well, no. This uh, is. Oh wait a minute. Yeah, You're saying the bonus was given to you in 2017, right? Right. Yeah. What you can do is you can adjust your withholdings so that throughout the rest of the year you take home a bigger paycheck. Mm-hmm. And that will go ahead and do it, because if not, you're going to have to wait until next year when you file your tax return for 2017 to get that money to come back to you. But if you, adju- right. if, if you adjust the number of withholdings by reducing your exemptions, you'll be able to go ahead and have a bigger paycheck, and that will get you effectively the same thing throughout the year. Yeah. I find it kind of odd that they tax it. You know, they say I'm giving one amount, but they throw income tax on it. And I get less amount than what they say I'm supposed to get. Well, the the good news is that it'll be reported as taxable income. I mean, it'll show up as taxable income. What you've paid the taxes on, that is what it is. But um, but but yeah, um, reduce the number of withholdings. Yeah, and, that, that's and, the and whole that, thing. Yeah, if that, you reduce your withholdings, that, then you're basically going to have less taxes taken out throughout the year, and that will get your money back earlier than waiting until next year. Yeah. Yeah. Right now, I claim one. Is that, is that enough? Uh, well, it depends. If you want to get more, if you want less taxes taken out, then claim zero. Okay. And Are that you married, you, and, Leonard? Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm married, yes. And do you have kids? Uh, we have one in the house, yes. Okay. Do you have a pen, Leonard? Write down my phone number. If you have a pen, write down the phone number, 919-872-7000. That's 919 919- USA 7000 and okay. and call my office uh, after we get off the show tonight and we'll schedule an appointment to get together and meet with you and take a look at your entire financial situation. I would like that. Good. Thank Thanks. you for calling Leonard. I appreciate it. Thank you. Enjoy your show. Thanks. Thank you very much and enjoy daylight. <laughs> uh, usually it gets dark about now, right? But That's it's right. still sunny out. Well, Doug, Deborah, um We've got some very interesting questions that many of our listeners ask that we hear during the week. We do. And some of them are, how should your 401k be positioned based on your available investment choices through your employer plan? Or how do you roll over your 401k or 403b or other retirement plan? And then where should you invest it? How should your overall portfolio be balanced? Should you own stocks, bonds, REITs, or mutual funds? 
What investment vehicles should you currently be invested in based on your current age, risk tolerance, retirement goals, etc.? How do I prepare for college funding? How do you prepare for financial independence? And what about on the cash flow side? Well, yeah, you're right, Linda, because those questions really pertain to investments first. But there are questions that people have with regard to their cash flow. For example, they might want to know how to invest any surplus money from their paycheck on a monthly basis. Or they may want to know how do they actually create a budget. Or they could ask, what's the difference between my discretionary expenses, my non-discretionary expenses, and my regular monthly expenses? Do you have a question about your financial planning? Call the Lewises right now at 919-860-9783. That's 919-860-9783. Do you have questions about insurance? How do you know if you have enough insurance? Would it be adequate? What type of insurance should you have? How much will you need to pay the other spouse's expenses if you were to die? Now, what about the difference between types of insurance? Should you own term, whole life, universal, second to die? What about long-term care insurance? Are you thinking about that? Do you have a question about disability insurance? Do you have a question about your insurance? Call the Lewises right now at 919-860-9783. That's 919-860-9783. And many folks at this time of the year have taxes. Tax planning is on their mind. And one of the questions that they have is, is there any way that I can avoid or reduce the alternative minimum tax? What about using a charitable trust to sell real estate or investments tax-free? And are there any investment vehicles that can reduce your tax burden? Should your business be an S-Corp, a C-Corp, or an LLC, or a sole proprietorship? And am I paying enough or too much in quarterly taxes? Do you have a question about your taxes? Call the Lewises right now at 919-860-9783. That's 919-860-9783. And of course, everybody has an estate. And questions about your estate are important. You might have a question that says, do you need a revocable living trust, a simple will, or credit shelter trust? You might have a question about reducing your estate tax liability when you die. And you might have a question about avoiding probate costs. These are estate questions. Do you have a question about your estate documents? Call the Lewises right now at 919-860-9783. That's 919-860-9783. You're listening to Money Matters on News Radio 680 WPTF. And I just want to say that life is very precious. It you know, really is. We take being alive <laughs> and living for granted sometimes because, you know, in life we're very busy. And whether it's taking the trash out or paying bills or cleaning the house or running to the grocery store again, because we can, you know, we just, we do things that are on the list, that are on our, you know, that are responsibilities. And sometimes we just forget how precious life is. And 
to those of you that are out there listening to our show this evening, and maybe you've lost a loved one. Maybe you're a widow, or maybe you're a widower, or maybe you're a caregiver, and you have a loved one that's terminally ill or battling a disease. And I just want to say to you, our hearts go out to you, because um, yesterday I went to a funeral, and... Life is very precious, and people are precious, the people that we deal with on a day-to-day basis. And this person happened to be a neighbor. And, you know, at first I, you know, I have been very busy. But as I began to remember this person, I remembered that we used to go to the swim team, you know, and we were rooting for the kids and And taking them to pizza after the swim meets and, you know, and then when you lose that person, it means a lot. It, it brings back a lot of tender memories. So to those of you that are listening this evening, we hope that maybe we'll bring you a little bit of cheer this evening. Uh, if you're suffering loss or maybe missing your loved one, our hearts go out to you this evening. Wow, that came, (laughs) took me by surprise there, Linda, but I understand estate planning brought you right to the funeral that you went to yesterday, and planning is everything, and life is indeed very precious. There's no doubt about it. Well, what's new in the world of investment planning? Well, what's new is that there has always been, and it's being brought up, uh, has been brought up recently, this big debate over index versus active management. In recent years, the idea that active managers can't beat the index has become somewhat of a truism within investing circles. The latest to weigh in is legendary investor Warren Buffett. In his 2017 letter to Berkshire Hathaway shareholders, he endorsed this view by advocating low-fee indexing as the best approach for most individual investors. So, Doug, what are your thoughts on Warren Buffett's recent comments that seem to endorse index investing? Well, first of all, it's impossible to be an investor and not have tremendous respect for Warren Buffett and his track record. I have a special appreciation for just how difficult it is to do what he has done. Now, Mr. Buffett's approach at Berkshire Hathaway has many similarities to how great active managers have built their superior track records, and that's through what we call bottom-up investing, rigorously analyzing companies, building durable portfolios. This is what we call research-driven, long-term, buy-and-hold approach, and that means less trading and lower expenses, and actually index-beating results. Wow. Americans need to save more for retirement and to get invested and then to stay invested. So, indeed, uh, I respect what he has done a little more than what he is saying. That's a good way to put it, because in general terms, he says for most individual investors, and that might be for those who uh, do not have a financial planner and do not know uh, about other active management Now, Mr. Buffett is not the only indexing proponent. Why do you think this view is so prevalent, Doug? Yeah, well, we do agree definitely that the average investment manager does not outpace the stock market over meaningful time horizons. However, a fairly simple fact has gotten lost in this debate. 
Simply put, not all investment managers are average. It's like we would say, just because the average person can't dunk a basketball doesn't mean that no one can dunk a basketball. And Doug, wouldn't you agree, Mr. Buffett and others acknowledge that there are exceptions? Yeah, there are exceptions. The average manager can't beat the index, and so the index funds are definitely a better choice than the average. But selecting a manager whose track record suggests that has the potential to deliver better outcomes can make a very meaningful difference in an investor's life. For example, investors in an index fund will generate market returns. On the other hand, by investing in certain select funds, investors can have an opportunity to outpace the index. For today's investors, the difference between the market average and even 1% better returns over the long term can mean a much larger nest egg for a retirement that could last decades. Do you have questions about your investment portfolio? Call the Lewises right now at 919-860-9783. That's 919-860-9783. Well, Doug, how does an investor find above average funds? Yeah, and that's what we do. That's exactly what we do at Lewis Financial Management. We do not believe in index funds because we believe that there are funds that can consistently beat the indexes. Extensive research definitely dispels the common myth that's impossible for an investment manager to beat the index. Among the tools for identifying them are two straightforward screening criteria, and the first is expenses. So selecting low-cost funds, ones whose fees are lower, can significantly increase your success rate. That's a good first screen. Another screen is one that we like to say when a manager has skin in the game, when they, you know, put it another way, when the manager actually has invested in his own funds that they are managing, they tended to do better over various time frames. Yeah. I like to see managers that have over a million dollars of their own money in their funds. Mm -hmm. All right. So that's the second screen. And using these two simple screens identifies a very select group of funds that have, on average, consistently beaten their benchmark indexes. And this can help increase the probability of identifying some exceptional funds yes, and, and also it, screening out the rest. Yes, Doug, and, and isn't it important that these managers be actively involved in the funds that they're managing? It's definitely important, Linda. Hey, Lynn, let's take Jenny's call, then we'll come back to this. I think we've got Jenny on hold. Jenny, this is Doug Lewis, Certified Financial Planner. How can I help you? Hey, Doug, this is Jenny, married to Wayne from Georgia. And, um, <laughs> I am actually driving through North Carolina and thought, oh, it's time for the Lewis program. So I turned it on, and um, I hear Linda give her very nice, uh, talk about uh, how precious life is, <laughs> and um, it made me want to call and just say hello, because all three of you are together, Aww. and um, I also just wanted to say that you guys, we both Wayne and I have been very happy um, with navigating through this retirement uh, thing, um, that it was very difficult to go from the safer retirement, safer retirement, safer retirement, to suddenly 
oh, now we have to enjoy retirement. That was, <laughs> that, that was a difficult thing. And um, I just wanted to tell you guys that, and anybody out there listening, that you guys have been really, really great and and helping us to get to that point where we're actually able to enjoy our retirement and and understand more more than we've ever understood about you know where your money comes from, how you fund things, and all that kind of stuff. So I just wanted to say hi and thank you. Oh, oh Jenny, thank you, Jenny, <laughs> hugs and kisses. Okay. Well, well thank you, you very much, Jenny. We do appreciate it definitely, and it's our joy, of course, to know that we can number one help clients like you guys go from what we call the dilemma of success to financial independence, go through the changing shift from one stage of life to the next, and to understand, to get the understanding that you're not involved in a speculative type of crapshoot, but instead you're really uh, going through a process which is understandable, and we really appreciate your call this evening. Yeah, thank you so much for calling, Jenny. <laughs> okay, you guys have a good night. Yes. Thank All right. you. Drive Thanks, safely. Yes, okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. You're listening to Money Matters with the Lewises on News Radio 680 WPTF. And we love our clients and we love our listeners. <laughs> well, um, you know, we were just uh, having that little discussion about yeah, just fund managers That's and right. what is the difference. So, Doug, do funds from certain managers offer something beyond the possibility of higher returns? Yeah. And, you know, quite frankly, I'm glad Ginny called in. That was a very nice surprise, which I wasn't expecting. But she, of course, knows quite well, as do all of our clients, we do not recommend index funds because... Index funds allow the opportunity to benefit when the markets are going up. That's true. But by investing in index funds, you're also locking in all of the market's losses. Index funds may have their place, but they provide no buffer against down markets when things are going down. Despite the trillions of dollars that have flowed into them, only about half of the investors that were surveyed last year are even aware that index funds expose them to 100% of the risk during down markets. Risk and losses. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, you know, when the market went down in 2008, 50%, you were hoping to be with managers who were actively uh, managing their portfolio and only went down 30%. That's the worst year in history. And so... Actively managed investments, they at least offer the potential to lose less than index tracking investments during market declines. And I prefer to put my money and to put my clients' money in funds whose managers have track records that have beaten the indexes. You know, I really appreciate um, this little discussion that we've had because so many folks that come to us, uh, many of our listeners that have become clients – they have questions about whether they're in appropriate uh, vehicles inside their portfolios. That's right. And That's usually where the, the conversation begins. Exactly. You know, here's what I have. Is it the right place for me to be? Um, but another topical question that comes up right now in, in this time frame, especially with retirees, is, you know, what's going on with, you know, re- with income and income producing investments? Do you have questions about your retirement accounts? Call the Lewises right now at 919-860-9783. That's 919-860-9783. Well, and one of the things that I was trying to get at is that, 
because folks still do have questions about what is an appropriate uh, vehicle for their portfolio, uh, there, there are just like uh, thousands of people out there that have invested that are being charged fees. And many times they don't understand what are those fees being charged to them for. Or they don't even notice that the fees that they're paying are very high. Isn't that true? It's it's almost a truism, Linda, because I can rarely remember meeting with a client and asking them, do you know how much your fees are from looking at your portfolio when they bring me their investments? Almost always they have no idea, but it's right there. Uh, It's tucked away. And when I ask them, uh, do you know what that is in a percentage basis? It shocks them when I let them know that the fees they're paying are probably four times higher than what we charge. Uh, and that's so, for, yeah, ad, just advice. Yeah. But, um, but yeah. All right. Well, let's go back to what Deborah was talking about, that uh, there is something else that's happening right now in the world of interest rates. Yeah, stocks are hitting record after record, and the Dow Jones Industrial Average is tripling since it, or it has tripled since it bottomed out during the financial crisis exactly eight years ago. But for many retirees who've been riding that wave, these are risky and confusing times. And that's because of interest rates. The drop in interest rates since the financial crisis of 2008 cost U.S. savers almost a trillion dollars in lost income from savings accounts and CDs and bonds. And that statistic goes from, let's say, 2008 up through the end of 2015. All right, so there's a huge loss that's happened there on those types of investments. There are few signs at the same time of any improvement on the horizon. The Federal Reserve is signaling, again, that it will raise short-term interest rates more aggressively this year. But over more than 10 years now, the central bank has approved only two increases in the federal funds rate. And even with markets pricing in a faster pace of rate increases in 2017, still few investors are going to expect any yields to Mm. approach anytime soon the levels that they routinely achieved during the 10 years that led up to the crisis. So, Doug, what should people do? What should retirees do about their income? How does one live off their investments if their investments are producing lower incomes than they once did. What's what's the solution? Well, I think the solution for many people is to look for alternatives. You know, there are two ways to create income, and I like to use the illustration of chickens and eggs. If the chicken is your investment and the egg is what comes off of your investment, it's a good illustration. So one way is to go ahead and kill chickens. Another way is to get more eggs. But if you're only owning securities that produce very few eggs, then you're in a problem. So you want to have an appropriate mix of both. You want to have some investments, some funds that are growth funds in your portfolio that are for growth. And yes, you may have to kill some chickens to get some income from them, but you also want some investments in your portfolio that will cover your living expenses that are egg producers. The science and the art of this is, is what we do. We help you balance how much in uh, one type of investment, how much in other type of investments. And when people hear of alternatives, sometimes they think of uh, very exotic and risky types 
of investments. That's not true. There are alternatives that are extremely risky, such as commodities uh, and hedge funds, hedge funds and so things, forth. Right. But there are also alternative investments that are just straight income producer, which are not exotic. And, of course, that's what we do at Lewis Financial. We help you balance the portfolio so you have some egg producers and some just chickens that grow fatter. Do you have questions about your investments? Call the Lewises right now at 919-860-9783. That's 919-860-9783. You know, Doug and Linda, when we talk about alternatives, sometimes I think a little... Um, in the back of my mind that some people often hear that as what we hear is code word for annuities. I'm glad you said that, Deborah. It didn't occur to me when I mentioned it earlier, but if you're out there listening and you think that uh, the Lewises are hinting at buying annuities, the answer is threefold. No, no, and no. <laughs> we do not consider annuities as an alternative, as an income-producing investment. And all, right. An annuity is an insurance product from beginning to end. It's just an insurance policy, and we don't approve of them for income. And part of that is because you give up control. Yeah. Uh, maybe explain 100% that, of that. Yeah, Can I you mean, explain that? Well, let's use Doug's chickens and eggs. And, and as an aside, one day when you have a headstone, <laughs> I think it might have chickens and eggs on it. Because you are definitely the man in Raleigh known about chickens and eggs. And everybody can get that. So it makes sense. It's so easy to understand. But we don't want to ever give up our chickens. I mean, literally, that means if you give away your in- that, that lump sum to the annuity company or the insurance company, you've given it up. It's gone. It's not yours. Instead, maintain control, have an investment that produces income, and you keep those eggs and you keep the chicken. Yeah, and you're right. And I like the way that uh, that Linda threw the question in there, because basically the annuity is an insurance product. And using that illustration, it's very simple. The insurance company says, give me all your chickens and I'll give you eggs for life, but you get none of your chickens back. And that's the trade-off. We don't like that. We like you to keep your chickens and also keep your eggs. Speaking of chickens, I saw something in the News and Observer, and somebody's renting out their chickens. Did you see that? I did. I thought that was hysterical. <laughs> so if you don't have to buy them, you can just check it out and see if you want to be a chicken farmer or a chicken owner and have <laughs> eggs every morning. Listen, I, hey, I grew up having fresh chickens. I think it's great. Chickens and eggs, yeah. For those of you listening tonight, we're, we're, we're being a little silly here, but... When my kids were younger, we indeed we had live chickens and every morning the kids would go out and they would get those eggs. So it's a very appropriate um, story for us to use, uh, you know, as we're dealing with investments and income. It's it's a real one because we did have chickens and eggs. (laughs) Okay, Linda, what's next? Let's take the next caller. Tom, this is Doug Lewis, Certified Financial Planner. How can I help you? Yeah, I want to ask you about buying stock through your company, like through the payroll deduction. I want to ask you what you thought about it, if you thought it was a good idea, a good investment. Nope, I think it's lousy. One of my overall decisions is always, or sets of advice is never buy stock in your own company. And why is that? Why? Because you'll be the last person as an employee to ever know when your company has bad news. 
I'll tell you, if I have trouble with my company, I'm never going to let my employees know about it. You'll never know what's coming, so never buy stock in your own company. You give them enough of your life by giving them 40 hours a week. Do your investing apart from your company. Okay, well, thanks a lot. You're welcome. Thanks for calling. Uh-huh. To any of our listeners, if you have a question or if you would like to receive our introductory packet of information, I'll be happy to send it to you. Our number in Raleigh is 919-872-7000. That is USA 7000. If you have some financial planning concerns or questions about your situation, get a notebook and start jotting down some of those questions and work with a financial planner. Do you have questions about your money? Call the Lewises right now at 919-860-9783. That's 919-860-9783. Well, Doug, Deborah, what else is new in the world of retirement planning? Well, I just want to, before I answer that question, I want to uh, remind our listeners that we do have a website that we like our listeners to go to. The website address is DougAndLinda.com, DougAndLinda.com. And again, we'd also like our listeners to know that if you're one of the clients that comes to see us this coming week, we will be giving one of three free books again, either copy of the book, The Wealthy Barber, copy of a book, The Middle Class Millionaire, or copy of the book, Simple Wealth, Inevitable Wealth. You know, Doug and Linda, we also should remind everybody that we're on Saturday nights from 6 to 7. Also, this is our uh, third month being on the air, both Saturday and Sunday nights. I think a lot of clients don't know that. We haven't been telling everybody. We are now on Saturday and Sunday nights, all at 6 o'clock. And some clients have been asking us, is there a way they can go and hear uh, old programs? And yes, you can. If you go to WPTF.com and look for Money Matters, uh, you'll see there you click on where it says the hosts, uh, who are the hosts of WPTF. And then you'll scroll down and find us and you'll see us. And then you click on Money Matters On Demand and you can find podcasts of our old shows. Either listen to them on your computer or on your smartphones. Thank you, Doug. That's great. Well, Doug, Linda, speaking of this weekend's paper, there was an outstanding article in the Wall Street Journal by Ann Turgeson, and it was in regard to retirement planning, because planning for retirement is rarely easy. But for people who are their own bosses, the complexities are multiplied. Yeah, the self-employed individual is, I, I, I'm, I'm always feeling sorry for the self-employed because they are the ones that are trying to keep 10 balls up in the air at the same time, but they don't very often realize they have some of the best tax breaks available to them. The self-employed, on the other hand, are not doing particularly well at retirement planning. There was a survey that, that I saw that said over a thousand, this survey was of over a thousand self-employed people and only a third of them in the U.S. say that they make sure that they're saving regularly for retirement. Now, but they do have options. That's right. The self-employed, he doesn't have a 401k if he's self-employed because he owns his own business, so there's no company. Right, right. So the the options are a traditional IRA or a Roth IRA. Now, the downside to both traditional and Roth IRAs is that you can only contribute a total of 5,500 a year. Yeah. Now, the self-employed, on the other hand, who want to save more than that, they can open up a second kind of retirement plan 
That allows for savings of as much as $54,000 a year in 2017. And that means taking $54,000 off of your income by just investing it. Wow. That, that is sounds, powerful. Yeah, that sounds pretty <laughs> incredible. So that means if you and your wife have a business earning a half a million dollars a year, you can invest 108000 in mutual funds and save 42000 in taxes? Is that amazing? All you're doing is moving $108,000 from one pocket to the next pocket, and your tax bill just drops $42,000. That's available only if you're self-employed. That's called a SEP IRA, and this SEP IRA is the simplest of the options that are available to the self-employed. It has little or no administrative cost. It's got uh, no uh, annual filing requirements. The paperwork time to get it set up is 10 minutes, and we have been doing those for many clients. As a matter of fact, we did it for ourselves, Linda, through the years at Lewis Financial Management. The SEP IRA is probably the most powerful and least understood vehicle. Well, Doug, this is a pretty powerful vehicle. It is. Is it too late to do anything for 2016 taxes? Well, you know, that's another thing that many people don't realize. We're way into 2017, so you might be saying... Golly. Wish I'd known about that. Yeah, I wish I'd known about that. I'm self-employed. My wife and I, we have a little business. We had a good year. We made over half a million dollars last year. Is it too late for me because the year's over? And the good news is, no, it's not too late. The rules for setting up a SEP IRA, if you haven't filed your taxes yet, Mm -hmm. you can file an extension and you can open up your SEP IRA Anytime before you file your taxes and still get that deduction for 2016. That's wonderful. So if this is your situation, give us a call this week, 919-872-7000. That's 919-USA-7000. Call Lewis Financial Management. Call us. Make an appointment. Get in front of this. See if you can reduce some taxes. There still is time. And if you have questions about your taxes, call the Lewises right now at 919-860-9783. That's 919-860-9783. You know, it's so amazing. There are so many questions out there that people have, our listeners have, our clients, um, our friends. And and they're all valid questions, right, Deborah? Right, Doug? They really are. There is not a question that is... Um, silly, insignificant, uh, insignificant, too small, or the opposite side, too hard to answer, or too complex, or something that can't be researched and delved deeper into. Yeah, so for those of you that are listening tonight, whatever your questions are, if you uh, have not worked with a financial planner and you are looking for one, write down your questions. Uh, at Lewis Financial Management for the last 34 years, This is what we do. Comprehensive financial planning. We have the answers. Well, I think before we go to the next topic that I wanted to touch on, and it's a big topic because there may be some really big problems in your IRA. I think I'd like to take Loretta's call. She's on hold right now. Uh, Loretta, if you're there, let me see if we can take your call. This is Doug Lewis, Certified Financial Planner. Deborah Lewis, Certified Financial Planner. Financial planner. 
We can't hear you, Loretta. Turn down your radio. We're not hearing you. Oh, hi, Doug. Hi, Deborah. Hi. How are you this evening? I'm doing quite well, and I hope you guys are. We are. How can we help tonight? Well, I was uh, interested in about the SIP IRAs that you were just talking about. Oh, very good. Okay. Uh, How does that work? Uh, Like, both my husband and I are retired, but he also has a business. How much is how much does his business generate in gross revenues? Uh, about a hundred thousand. All right, and it's just the two of y'all. Y'all don't have any other employees, do you? That's correct. That is that's the best situation, the by the way. Perfect scenario. The one, yeah, the one story of the SEP IRA that scares some people away is you are required to put into all of your employees' accounts the same amount that you put into your own account. So. A SEP IRA works best for those who have less than 10 employees, so you're perfect. Now, here's the way it works. Uh, are you both employees of the company? Uh, no, no. Just All right. Him. Okay. Well, he can go ahead and take 25% of the income. Let's say, for simple terms, 25% of 100000 is $25,000. But then he has to subtract that from the hundred, so it amounts to about eighteen or nineteen thousand dollars that he can go ahead and put into. He opens up a SEP IRA first of all, and we will have, be happy to do that. We do that at our office very all the time. Uh, he opens up the SEP IRA. He puts in nineteen thousand dollars into it. Uh, he invested in whatever he wants. I. Uh, uh, I would say if y'all are retirees, how old are you, Loretta, and how old is your husband? Uh, 69. I'm 69. He's 65. All right. At y'all's ages, I would prefer you probably be in con- con- conservative mutual funds, okay? And so you'd put that 19000 in a SEP IRA. You would choose the mutual funds uh, that you want in the SEP IRA, and right away, that's going to go ahead and take about $6,000 off of his taxes. Mm, okay. Now, it's- let me ask you another question. Um, is there ever a possibility of you being an employee of, because, Doug, wouldn't that increase or double what's available? Uh, yeah, Um Yes, I would. When we do, you have a pen, by the way, Loretta. Write our phone number down. Uh, write down. Hold on, I have one in my hand. Okay. Write down nine one nine eight seven two seven thousand. Okay. That's nine one nine USA seven thousand. And we get off the show, uh, off the air, call my office, and we will schedule an appointment to meet with you and your husband face to face for a consultation. Now, what Deborah was saying was, if you can be an employee also functioning in any way in the business, then there's a way to even put more in because we go ahead and it's always it's going to be 25% uh, of your salary, too, of your income, too. You see what I mean? Yes. Well, now, the company is an LLC. Does that make a difference? It does not make a difference. Okay. We can do a SEP, we can do a SEP IRA for an LLC. Okay. Well, this is very good. Tell me a little bit about yourselves. You're 69 and 64. 65. uh, Mm -hmm. 69 and your husband's 65. Correct. Okay. And what investment portfolio do you have right now? Uh, Right now, uh, he has some some of the mutual. Uh Uh-huh. Do you know about how much? Is that in retirement accounts or non-retirement accounts? Uh, Retirement. All right. And is that in an IRA or a 401k? Uh, it's in an IRA. All right. And do you know about how much is there? Uh, no, I, I, I don't. 
All right. Uh, that's something I would like to discuss with you offline. All right. Very good. And I, and I prefer to get the specifics offline also. Yes, I do. Uh, but there is one nice thing, too. For people that have an IRA already, mm-hmm. sometimes you can actually link the two together to the where the SEP IRA and the IRA, we can link them together as a combined IRA. Hmm. Okay. So there's some real creative strategies here, Loretta. And um, yes, do call us, 919-872-7000. And then uh, we will talk and we'll get some specifics. We'll set an appointment. You'll come in and we'll talk about some of the ways that we can address taxes and other issues for comprehensive financial planning advice. That sounds great. And I will call. Good. Thank you. Thank you, you Loretta. Thank we you. appreciate your Goodbye. call. Okay. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Have a wonderful week. You're listening to Money Matters with the Lewises on News Radio 680 WPTF. And we hope you're enjoying this lovely evening and the sun is still up. Do you have questions about your retirement accounts? Call the Lewises right now at 919-860-9783. That's 919-860-9783. Well, Doug and Deborah. Uh, we sure have enjoyed our callers this evening. And what else is new in the world of retirement planning? Well, you know, Doug, Linda, there is sometimes a very large tax bill lurking in your tax-free retirement account. And some people may be shocked to find this out. Yeah, th- that is a very big shock to many people because the common thought is if I have money invested in an IRA or a 401k or anything, it's all going to be non-taxed while it's there. But there was a, a retiree in Queens, New York, who was referenced in the Wall Street Journal, and she was stunned to receive notice from the IRS that she owed $92,000 on taxes for her IRA account. Whoa. Because like many Americans, she thought the account was tax-free, but she found out she was wrong. And it is absolutely possible to owe annual tax on a tax-deferred retirement account. And most people aren't aware of that. Uh, and, and I would have to say a lot of stockbrokers and investment people just recommend putting investments inside an IRA without checking for this. But taxpayers have to beware that as IRAs get bigger and bigger in size, so does the potential for taxes on those accounts if they have invested in some types of alternative assets like private equity funds, limited partnerships, operating businesses, and real estate. Yeah, this thing that we're talking about, what is this thing that can creep in if you get into some of these speculative Uh, non-traditional investments. The thing that's hiding in many of these investments inside of IRAs is called UBTI, Unrelated Business Taxable Income. And these UBTI rules apply to IRAs. Now, there's no tax if the IRA has interest, dividends, gains from the sale of stocks or mutual funds. But the rules do impose taxes when an IRA invests in operating businesses that pass profits and losses directly to the owners, such as some partnerships, some limited liability companies. They can tax IRA income that is also debt financed. Whoa. So I guess you really need to be very careful. You've got to be very careful. As more IRA owners look to invest in alternative assets, a couple of things to ask right away before you invest. Okay. 
ask before you invest what the t- this is the time to find out if there is a UBTI. Ask up front. You is know, there a UBTI in this investment? Well, you know, a lot of people don't know, how do I find this out? It's all there. Yeah. If you read the prospectus, <laughs> it's disclosed in the prospectus if there's UBTI. If there well, you is- know, you bring up a good point, Doug, because a lot of people recommend investments that may not know even whether the UBTI exists in the investment itself. So sometimes you have to be your own advocate and say, well, if I ask the right question, that person might be able to go get the right answer. That's, now, very good. That's a good point. I imagine there are a lot of stockbrokers right. that sell investments. And if you were to quiz them on what's UBTI, they wouldn't know what you're talking about. But it's right there in the prospectus of what they've sold their customer. Right, right. So even if even if you're uh, the person who sold you the investment didn't know, you need to find out. Now, the second thing is, is to understand the tax bite. Because UBTI is taxed at trust rates, the top rate of 39.5% kicks in real fast in 2017. Every IRA does get the first $1,000 of UBTI tax-free or as an exemption. But anything over that $1,000 of UBTI is going to be taxed real high. And so you need to know that. Trust rates, not individual rates. That's right. And that's what we look for. We check all of that. Yes. Even if you've got large IRAs, come see us and Mm -hmm. we can quickly tell you if there's any UBTI lurking in any of your investments. Now, Doug, if there is, who files, uh, who files this, this form or this tax who announces that to the custodian that there is this UBTI? Well, you've asked two questions at the same time, Deborah. But the, the real question behind the question is who goes ahead and reports to the IRS and files the, and pays the taxes? It's not the individual. It's the custodian. Tax on UBTI does not go on the IRA owner's return. Instead, the IRA must apply for its own taxpayer ID number. That's called the 990T with the IRS. And then the custodian pays the tax. And it can be a real mess. So, Sounds like uh, it. Yeah, it is. And I have seen clients that have come to me and they've had that mess and we've straightened it out for them and so forth. But UBTI is definitely there lurking. And as these IRAs get bigger and bigger... You know, a lot of people, they've worked for 20, 30 years. They have half a million dollars or more in a 401k. They retire. They roll it into an IRA. They invest it. uh, And without even knowing it, some of their investments have got UBTI in there because nobody did the check. So let me ask you a practical question. So in regard to this example that was listed in this article, the lady finds out that uh, because she gets a notice from the IRS. So is it the investment tells the IRS there was UBTI in their investment, and therein, because the investment is held by a custodian, the the investor is told by the IRS, regardless of how it's owned, you own it. Actually, the invest the custodian is told by the IRS oh. that the money is owed to the IRS, and so the custodian is simply going to call you and say, "Well, hey, Your we got to come up with these taxes. Mm-hmm. What do we do?" And we're gonna now, to- worst case scenario, let's say the 92000 has to be collected. There is no cash in it. This means that this would force a situation where she would have to because sell something. The custodian's going to have to sell investments. Right, with or without the, the client's That's permission. Right. Yeah. Very complex. So I can tell you that um, IRA rules are are strict and they must be followed. So you must know what you own in your IRA. And if it's at risk of UBTI, give us a call. Make an appointment. Call us at 919-872-7000 to review your IRAs.
And if you have questions about your investment portfolio, call the Lewises right now at 919-860-9783. That's 919-860-9783. Well, Doug, Deborah, what else is new in, in the world of investing? Well, I would say as long as we're on the topic of IRAs, self-directed IRA accounts are can and very often are being used to house real estate. Real estate can fund your retirement, but you have to brace yourself for lots of risks and rules. Self-directed IRA accounts, they do allow people to diversify their investments into assets other than traditional stocks, bonds, and mutual funds. And that does make up most retirement plans. But examples of alternative investments would include real estate, precious metals, oil and gas holdings. And here the catch is that the IRS requires a qualified trustee or custodian to administer these assets, such as handling transactions and managing paperwork and reports. And so far in the United States, there are only about two dozen companies that have qualified to act as custodians of these self-directed IRAs. The rules governing real estate IRAs are anything but simple. IRA owners are forbidden from engaging in certain transactions regarding the property. Even something as simple as mowing the lawn of a property you own in an IRA can run afoul of IRS regulations and render the account owner susceptible to losing the IRA's tax-favored status, which could trigger taxes and penalties. That's because IRS, IRS rules require contributions to an IRA to be made in cash, not in services. In fact, go ahead. Well, I was going to say that the U.S. Government Accountability Office recently issued a report on retirement security last month. They warned that people who invest their retirement accounts in unconventional assets like real estate or virtual currency may be really placing their investment savings at risk. And then you have the whole issue of the RMD or your required minimum distribution. When you are 70 and a half years old, you're now required to take a required minimum distribution. And this has to come from your retirement funds. So you may have to figure out a way, maybe tapping your rental income or something, to come up with a way to withdraw this required minimum distribution. So here are some things to consider when when creating a real estate IRA. First and foremost, consult a financial advisor for the finer points on self-directed plans. Yeah, they're not for everyone. There are plenty of easy opportunities to invest in real estate using mainstream methods like mutual funds or real estate investment trusts, REITs. It only makes sense to do direct real estate investments if you're a seasoned professional and you're convinced the project you're investing in is an absolute winner and you're willing to take the risk that the IRS is going to be challenging you. So, Doug, Linda, because these are so complex and easy to foil, we don't recommend them. But if you're listening tonight, if you have one, if you have questions about yours, give us a call. Let us help you find what might be in your IRA, what might be susceptible to uh, ruining that tax-deferred status of your IRA. Call us this week, 919-872-7000, to make an appointment. Well, we've really had a lot of topics we've covered tonight. We've covered UBTI. We've covered uh, real estate investing, self-directed IRAs. Uh, we've covered enough, and we had some good callers tonight. We've enjoyed all of our callers. We want to go ahead and remind all of our listeners that we will be on again Saturday night, next Saturday and Sunday. Join us at 6 p.m. 
Remember always that to us, your money matters because your financial future is at stake. Have a wonderful week, everyone. been listening to Money Matters with the Lewis family, Doug, Linda, and Deborah. Money Matters provides you with a personal financial hotline on any subject where money really matters. For more information, call Doug, Linda, or Deborah in Raleigh at 919-872-7000. That's 919-USA-7000. Or go to DougAndLinda.com and listen again next Sunday at 6 p.m. for more Money Matters with the Lewis family on News Radio 680 WPTF.